Okay, we are live. My favorite ones, the sales series, I've said it before. This is episode 13. I've got a, a good one for you. Gavin Conkle, Earth Fair. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Mamba mentality. Let's get that done. That's the theme of this one. Uh, first, let's talk. Uh, give us Earth Fair so that they understand uh, what that retailer looks like. Yeah, so we're a natural organic uh, retailer here in the southeast. So we're based out of our home stores out of Asheville, uh, North Carolina. Um, over the last year, we've we've opened up 22 stores in a calendar year. Uh, the grind's been real. Old Earth Fair, you know, went under uh, back in February of 2020, uh, right before the pandemic started. And then I was part of a team of directors and leadership that. Uh, was able to get this thing back off the ground and and uh you know we're we're, we're forcing to reckon with out here in the southeast now we like that a lot uh and shout out uh we will be in those stores shortly it's just a coincidence it's not because it was before this <laughs> i'm just putting that out there shout out earth fair see you soon um give us the um give us your title actually before and mazel tov because you're about to tell us something cool uh before and and as of basically this last week yeah, so I came on board uh, March of last year uh, during the peak of the pandemic when, you know, we couldn't find toilet paper or anything like that in the stores, any store. Uh, so I, was, I came on board as the director of grocery. Uh, and then uh, just uh, Monday, Monday afternoon, uh, I was promoted to VP merchandising for center stores. So now I have uh, grocery that rolls up to me and now wellness as well. Uh, lots of off-shelves are going to be asked for. Uh, don't worry, uh, you may hear from me too. Let's talk <laughs> about sales. Uh, that's what this, yeah. this is going to be. We'll get punchy with it. Um, you've seen a lot, even, I mean, it's, it's a, a really interesting one from that March period, right? But transitioning to now, everything in between, and even before all that, it's kind of all the same. Maybe there's a messaging that's different because, you know, you're a little bit hesitant on what to say, how to say it because of what was going on. But what do you see... Uh, as far as brands that come to you, maybe that are um, that are similar. What are, what are some of those few things? Uh, so, what's the specific question? Um, as far as the the sales presentations, that's a good. I'll be mm. more pointed. As far as sales presentations, what do you think are the most um, common uh, of them that come to you? So, like products in general, like obviously there's there's a, a huge space in functional beverage right now that I think is being tapped into. Um, you know, a, a specific brand amongst those is is like a premium soda like Olipop. Like it's not just a soda, it's not just a cheap soda, it's got functionality to it now too. Uh, Zach and I, who's, who's just outside, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, functional energy, energy drinks that are, that are coming on board. Obviously, Salty Snacks is a huge category that continues to grow and innovate. Vegan is one of those same things that continues to enhance um, from the aspect of quality and taste and profile and all those kinds of things. So I think those are a couple of the ones that stand out to me. Got it. Functionality. Uh, and I do, I, I enjoy those brands. Um, do you see sales decks? Uh, and if so, are they sent over via, you know, via email? Yeah, it's always just a great topic, but everybody loves this one. Um, are they sent over via email? And if so, again, kind of commonality so that we can extract, like, are they all six pages, do they all show us versus them? Um, and if so, you know, pulling from that, what are the things that you like to see? So I, I you know, I have recently opened up uh, in face meetings. I, I think we started about three, four weeks ago. Um, you know, I think it was really important to get back into these, you know, much more personal meetings 
Um, decks that I like to see are like five to six pages long, man. Um, you know, we have, uh, especially as lean as we are today, we only have a limited amount of time. Like we can't go through the full history of, you know, if your product was made in 2010 and the history, the progression, the pack changes, the updates, like that's all great for the brand, but we also have to create the partnership of how, if we're going to accept this item, what retail price points we're looking at, what the average retail price points are at our competitors, what the sale velocity velocity is at our competitors, what the national and regional sales trends show. So those are the things that I'm looking for on the reg. Uh, we utilize spins, we utilize IRI, uh, however we need to, to make better business decisions here. Uh, again, being just a year old, we only have three stores that are comping year over year. Uh, so now we're getting a taste of what that looks like and where the trends look like, which right now they're very positive, uh, which is good for us. Um, but, but anything more than 10 pages, it just starts getting too drawn out in my opinion. I have a question that I'm pulling from this and it's just a coincidence. I literally just got off the phone with Aaron, our, our head of sales, um, because we are talking about how retailers do have their own reports to pull, meaning yeah. they have access. And I don't think many know that or, or assume that you may look at stuff. So Give us that, give, give us that, uh, uh, give us a little more on that piece, meaning, and this is for those that have been around, because if you're new, of course, you're not going to be reporting and you should, they would know that right away, right? But how about those that maybe have been in the game? What are things that you can pull on your own? So we can pull a lot of stuff on our own. So we, you know, we have a spins account. We can pull any of the same data, data that you guys can purchase, right? It's just much more, I mean, we can get as detailed as we need to get to. We can get to a a detail on a store-by-store -store basis, on a specific brand, on a comp side, all that. Like we can see the average lift percentage on a promotion that was ran. We can get as into the weeds as we want to get into. Um, I will tell you, and, and this can be education for anybody, but if you've got a good grocery team, a uh, good category management team, they are looking at that stuff every single day. Uh, you know, they might not be pulling up a specific brand every single day, um, but they're definitely pulling that up every single week. You know, um, we are incredibly lean here. That's something that I've educated Zach on and we go over every single day and every single week. We live by data. Data, uh, uh, one of my old mentors used to tell me data doesn't lie. Uh, you can't manipulate it. It tells factual stories. Uh, so when we're making business decisions, we want them to be based off fact. We have a little bit of opportunity to uh, uh, take a risk, um, but we want to make sure that they're educated risks you know we don't want to take 10 risks of products that we're not too familiar with or that are just getting up off the ground and then strike out on all 10 you know we want we want a couple of those to be home runs or singles and doubles it's really good stuff i'm, I'm going to make a couple notes um again they have the data and they can pull as much or as little as they want um yeah. even some stuff even for us like if we don't have you know people don't realize spins is very expensive but the retailers are going to are going to make that you know are going to, are going to pay for yeah. that right it's yeah and then like like if you and I are meeting tomorrow like we're pulling your internal data like we're not necessarily looking at spins because spins might update you know obviously once a month um, you know we're pulling our internal data we're checking that out uh, we want to get a good gauge of what that last you know two months looks like or last three months depending on what, where we're kind of at with COVID and stuff like that but you know we're we're pulling that data every single every single meeting and sometimes during the meeting. I, I like that a lot. Uh, this is going to be important. And, and then there's also the side note for, for those that are watching. There are some retailers that don't 
um, that don't put that that information into those reports. Um, there's a there's a big national retailer that does not um, send over those numbers. So if you have information that you may know that's outside of stuff that they're pulling, you should give that information up, especially if it's in your favor. Um, and if you're new, again, a lot of people you know new into the business, they don't have you know data. That's okay. That's part of your story. And there is a way to get the foot in the door, especially if you've got a, a good, which we'll get to shortly. If you've got a great product and you know if it's great, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm not the subjective type, right? As far as like taste, I know that you should be. And I know there's always that thing where there's a success story. And oftentimes people are like, how? Like, have you ever had that? You know, have you ever tasted that? It's not that good. There are those stories, um, but for a majority, um, you know, a, a great product has great taste. It might have function and all those good things. Moving to that, how many, let's say out of 10 products that come over on your desk, how many are good? I'm talking, I think I'm talking taste right now. So I personally like to try everything that I, that I can, um, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, right? You want to understand as the buyer, director, VP, whatever, like what kind of products you're bringing in and where it fits, right? Um, I don't grade everything on one true scale. Like if you're asking me, I would say 50% of the stuff I think is, is good quality, good taste, but that's my profile, right? Simultaneously, it's just like anything else. Uh, you know, if it's vegan, I'm not a, I'm not a vegan eater. I'm, I'm a straight carnivore. I, I enjoy some vegan things, sure but I'm not the best person to judge a vegan burger or a vegan nugget or anything like that, uh, or, or tofu or, or some of those other, other things out there. So I always try to get a, a wide variety of opinions. Um, obviously we know we can sell the hell out of some vegan and, and, and all that. We just want to make sure that our customers also are going to enjoy it. So I think I answered the question about 50%, you, you, I would say. You, you did. It's, it's, it's a great answer. And I, I will, I'm going to give that caveat too about, because I make that claim. Like, I don't think it's very subjective. It's, I think it is what it is. Uh, the first time I ever had like kombucha, I, I was like, I don't get this, right? Mm -hmm. But, 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 but I, I'm just that one, because there's a big, big, big kombucha brands, right? I know one specifically that's been around forever, right? That monster, monster brand. And I will say, the ones that are coming along are pretty epic. I've had some newer ones. I, some... I can't agree with you more. Uh, you know, when I first got to fresh time as a category manager, I'd never had kombucha in my life. I started off with like live soda, uh, got my taster, didn't necessarily enjoy it. Uh, but then I put kind of like the taste profile aside and, and I, I was drinking it because of the benefits. And mm -hmm. I kind of just kind of kept drinking it. That big brand that you talk about, I also drink a lot of that big brand. It's my go-to. There's some up-and-comers that are really good too, but uh, sometimes it's just an acquired taste. Um, and I'll say that on some of these like energy shots and stuff like that. There's some, or, or functional vitality ones or whatever. You know, I, I kind of put the taste aside. I just want the functionality. It's like taking a shot of alcohol, like down the hatch, let's go. And, uh, you know, you, you reap the war, uh, rewards from it. Well said, well said. Let's talk about how to connect with, with a buyer. Um, is the, I know, again, we are getting back to the live thing. I, I just had this conversation also about how I'm kind of pumped to, to maybe get some travel going again. I just need to be around people, you know. Um, and uh, what would you say is the method? I know what it's looked like recently, but is it okay? Are they just firing off emails? And then, you know, you miss a few or, you know, one day, you know, you, you just, it is what it is, timing and all that. They have to follow up. What does that look like for you? What's the, what's the best route? 
Oh, it's horrendous for me. I mean, Zach and I probably get a combined four to four to five hundred emails a day. You know, obviously we're getting emails from the stores, we're getting emails from our brokers, we're getting emails from distributors, everything, right? Uh, we're incredibly lean, you know, on the grocery side, we just have myself and Zach and Michelle Woody who coordinates all this mess for us, um, or, or chaos, I guess I should say. Um, so first and foremost, if you have a broker that has a relationship with Earth Fair, so, you know, the big guys out there, we meet with those guys at least once a month. Uh, each one of those brokers has my cell phone number, which I don't give out um, to to randoms or anything like that, because then you get bombarded by voicemails and things like that. Um, so if you have a broker, that's starting point. If you don't have a broker, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, we, there's a lot of people who reach out on LinkedIn that, you know, have the best product in the world and want to pitch it to us and don't necessarily understand that we're an incredibly lean team. Um, so sometimes it's, it's nice to get a message at six o'clock in the morning, uh, East coast time, uh, because I'm just waking up or, or just getting done with a workout or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's now on my mind and, and, you know, that's a shot in the dark, but sometimes that helps or sometimes late at night, if you're hitting me nine to five, I'm full throttle, uh, doing, doing my day to day. Another great gem, uh, because again, the, the whole idea behind this series and the, and the, the let's see with the, the interviews is, is just value add. If there's just one piece, right? One gem that somebody takes from this, that's all that, that, that really, that I care about. Um, because we, there are those questions that we have and are they seeing an email or how many times should I follow up? And am I being annoying? And, you know, like, do I just send them samples? You know, that's, let's, let's go there. Um, do you get boxes every single day? And is that okay? Yeah. So, you know, we've directed everybody to kind of send uh, product uh, samples to our Asheville store. Um, there are some people who communicate that stuff to you. There's other brands that are just randomly show up and there's no communication with that whatsoever. So it's kind of like an unknown thing. Um, I will say, you know, going back to the emails really quick, I, I like to use the term be patiently persistent. Uh, you know, don't be some guy who's being very demanding or gal who's being very demanding. Like, you know, we don't just look at new items and we don't just pay attention to brands. Like we're running a, you know, hundred plus million dollar business. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a lot of other things that we're focused on on the daily. We're not just putting product on the shelf here. We're wearing several different hats. Each, each and every single person on my team grinds and they have so many different job duties that they're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, be patiently persistent. I love patiently persistent. That's like life. Uh, it's, it's, it really is. Um, but in sales 101, we don't even have to be talking about um, CPG. It's just say of the sales thread is, is patiently persistent. And then, yep. you know, as I, I like to say, you know, it's timing and, and luck. I love luck. Um, it's, right? it's, it is, it's, sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's just, uh, sometimes, you know, a guy who's got a really good relationship with me and they can reach out or got a really good relationship with a broker. Hey, you know, and there's a lot of those too. Obviously this industry is, as you know, very well, uh, very tight knit and it, Sometimes you know a guy or know a gal and, and you can you can make the introduction that way. And there's been a lot of cases where that's happened too. I think that that's a really amazing statement because it's fact. And yeah. I, I, I respect that you say that because some people would like to shy away and, 
It is there. There, it's not always. In fact, I, I, because I'm the underdog guy and gal. You know, I love those. I love the the guys and gals who are the underdogs. Um, the the fight their way to get in there, and they they actually. What I always suggest is you're utilizing that fact, um, uh-huh. because what a lot of people don't realize is, in in your scenario, the buyers, there are buyers who really fight for them more, uh-huh. right? Then the hey, my, I know this, this, this woman who then knew this and they connected, like, I'm telling you, everybody should listen to that. There are a lot of people in the industry, every vertical, every industry who fights for the underdog. Uh, So keep that in your back pocket. Eventually, you know, I always deem us as underdogs. We, I never, I didn't know, I had no relationships in this business, right? I was new to food and beverage. And then mm-hmm. eventually, yes, you start navigating yourself and coming out of that, you know, out of that pocket, right? Because you've just been around more. Now your name is out there, but you fought to get there. So I liked that comment. Yeah. And before you move on, because I got another tidbit too. It's just like yeah. you as an example, and there's a lot of other brands that do this too. Um, I think, I think for me, I, I utilize LinkedIn positively, right? I'm not trying to necessarily promote myself and more or less trying to promote Earth Fair and that we're out there. It's simultaneously excellent because I know other buyers, other directors, other VPs, they're on that same platform. And when you're showing your success at a Jimbo's or at a Whole Foods or whoever else, I am seeing that. And it's just like, oh, okay. So these really good, similar style retailers are bringing this item in. I need to holler at this guy or holler at this gal. I love that too. Uh, and that is um, social media is its own animal as most would, would, would know. Uh, I mean, it, it's all, it's about influence, right? And it's about what you're able to put out there and how many eyeballs can see it and trying to get on that momentum because as, as with anything, if it, if it rolls, right, it's like that rock rolling down the hill, you just want to keep pushing it and pushing it, pushing it. So I'm going to get on that now actually, which is I know you're on LinkedIn, so we'll we'll just kind of have a small piece to that. What do you, when did you get on there and when did you feel it was that moment of, okay, I think I'm going to stay consistent on here and for what reasons? So I I started the LinkedIn account, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, probably right around when I got out of college. Never, uh, you know, I was on there with Fresh Time, you know, had a lot of connections on there. Uh, My first post was when I got this job. And when I knew that I had a lot of stuff to clean up, that was my first post back in, I think, end of March or early April of 2020. Um, And my whole thing was, we have this comeback story. Let's start telling it. So, hey, I accepted this job. Earth Fair is coming back. We're going to be four or five stores. Uh, Then you start building up the plans and start creating that excitement. Uh, Then, you know, um, I feel like I've just got to, you know, I'm the middle kid of five. Uh, so I've, I've always been like the underdog or, or the obviously middle kid who wants to stand out. I, ne- I don't necessarily do that on LinkedIn, um, but I want to communicate to people who want to be in our stores, who want to help us grow, who want to see us succeed. You know, last year was a, sh- can I swear on here? Uh, last year was a crap year. Uh, you know, we had Earth Fair go out of business. We had Lucky's go out of business here in the Southeast. That's horrible for the natural organic, uh, natural organic industry. Um, so we needed to start telling that story. Um, so once we got closer to opening Asheville, uh, you know, I, you know, I had a company called Sweet Earth 
buy pizzas for the store. I think I posted that on LinkedIn. I appreciated those guys for, for helping us get that store open. And then once we, I was so proud once we finally got Earth Fair open. Um, leading up to, you know, that store, I worked 33 straight hours uh, getting that store uh, from a point of sale standpoint open all the way through, you know, getting everything else organized prior to opening up at uh, eight o'clock that morning. So uh, then it just, you know, then it just started gaining traction. Um, so I wanted to keep continue to share those success stories within my network, grow it, but then grow Earth Fair and then grow the brands, grow the uh, brokers who I gave shout outs to give my uh, distributor Unify a shout out for helping us get to where we are. And I'm going to continue to do that. I think it's super impactful for the industry to see it. Love all that. Absolutely love all that. Let's close this thing up. Give it um, any last thoughts, right? In your position, speaking to those in CPG, any last thoughts? As so, you know, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with like, uh, you know, probably a little bit motivational, but, you know, I don't think positions are necessarily handed to people. You know, you got to really show worth. And, you, you know, if you are yourself, uh, don't change for anybody like just keep getting after it. Um, there's hiccups along the way. There's always going to be those hiccups. There's always going to be speed bumps. You know, I think I commented on one of your statuses a couple, couple weeks ago where it's like, take a couple steps back. It's okay to fail. It's going to elevate you four or five steps forward. You're going to, you're going to learn from those lessons, uh, but then just work hard. You know, it, it'll, it'll pay off. Um, if you put in 60 hours a week or 80 hours a week or hundred hours a week about something you're passionate about, so good so good gavin that's mama mentality right there folks uh this was a good one it, i i really really enjoyed this so thank you and congrats again thanks appreciate it guys